to our podcast today on behalf of Mill Selig Law Firm. We have here with us our Head of Employment, Kira Lee, who will be discussing sexual harassment in the workplace. Welcome. Hi, Naomi. Just to start us off, could you please explain what sexual harassment in the workplace actually is? Well, sexual harassment can really amount from anything, including unwelcome jokes or comments of a sexual nature, to a serious sexual assault. So it covers quite a wide range of behaviours. And is there actually a legal definition of sexual harassment? Yes, and I think it's quite important to be really aware of the definition and what's involved. It has two strands, so it either can be unwanted conduct of a sexual nature that can either have the purpose or effect of A, violating the dignity of someone or B, creating an intimidating, hostile, humiliating or degrading environment. So there is the violation of dignity or the creating of an atmosphere that allows that uh, to take place. So two different types of behaviours there. And again, it can cover anything from unwelcome physical contact, sexual comments, um, but also even things like displaying sexually graphic pictures. And Kira, why is it important for employers to be aware of sexual harassment? Well, obviously there are moral and ethical issues around sexual harassment and why it's important not to allow it to happen in the workplace. Over and above that, um, there's also um, a great emphasis in modern day workplaces to ensure that your employees are happy, healthy and happy to be at work. So from that point of view, obviously, sexual harassment doesn't hold any place in a culture that really supports well-being. Over and above that, and maybe a big thing that uh, gets employers thinking about it is that if they are found liable or an employee is found to be carrying out conduct of an unwanted sexual nature, then the employer could be liable for that. And some of the awards around these claims can be very big. Um, In today's culture, it is obviously attracting a lot of attention, as you say, and uh, tribunals are becoming more and more willing to make those large awards against employers. And is there any defence for an employer in that circumstance? Well, if it is established that your employee has been guilty of this conduct, then the employer, it is open to them to say that they took all reasonable steps to avoid this conduct and to make sure it didn't happen. But that is quite a difficult defence to establish and it tends not to be that successful at tribunal. So yes, in theory, there is a defence, but it is quite difficult uh, to rely on. And can you suggest any protective measures? Well, yes. um, The old saying goes, prevention is better than cure. So um, prevention is key for employers. And a number of things that employers should be looking at is Obviously, probably number one is creating that culture where this sort of behaviour is unacceptable and um, that people are called out on this type of behaviour. But over and above that, um, it's always quite difficult, I suppose, to define an established culture. But over and above that, then they should be looking to put in place policies which clearly spell out uh, what to do in circumstances where this occurs and also that it is unacceptable in the workplace. It isn't enough just to have those policies. Those policies have to be lived out on a daily basis. So an employer would have to show that they had brought, at the very least, brought these policies to the attention of the employees and, where possible, 
make sure they can show that managers and people responsible for upholding the culture and values of the workplace They should also make sure that employees and managers in particular are well trained in these policies and that they're well aware of the policies. Employers should also give consideration to having a mechanism for reporting these issues and making sure that an employee who may be subjected to such harassment is aware of who they can speak to in what circumstances, whether or not it's going to be anonymous and what steps will be taken. So sometimes what puts employees off reporting is they don't really know the mechanism around reporting or what will be involved in the event that they do make that report. So all those things will lead to show that the employer has taken appropriate steps to make sure they combat that in the workplace. Thanks, Kira. One thing I've been hearing quite a bit on the news about um, involving sexual harassment is the use of an NDA. Could you explain what an NDA is? NDA stands for Non-Disclosure Agreement and essentially it's an agreement between two or more parties not to disclose some information or to keep it confidential. They are used in circumstances where one party has wronged another in a way. Um, They're also used in corporate transactions and that's initially where they came from. Why they are so controversial is they seem to have been used by seemingly very powerful rich parties to silence other weaker, less well-off parties and that's why they're getting very bad press. For instance, um, Harvey Weinstein allegedly entered into a number of NDAs or confidentiality agreements with his alleged victims to make sure that they didn't disclose anything. And then more recently, where they became talked about a lot in uh, the British press with the Telegraph article around uh, Sir Philip Green and the allegations that a leading businessman had been granted an injunction to keep his alleged victims quiet. One thing that's been picked up in the press is there is nothing in law to stop people using these confidential agreements. And I think this is going to be something that's picked up with Parliament going forward. There's going to be a review of the use of NDA agreements when they're used, if they should be used at all, and some protections around when they are used for the protection of victims. And where does that leave us now? Well, there, as we've been talking about, Naomi, has been a lot of discussion around this topic. It has really come to the fore um, in terms of the law there will no doubt be some legislation around this. We're not sure how soon that will come into force, but there have been a number of key reports uh, already commissioned. A lot of research has been done into what needs to be addressed and how it should be addressed in the law. Uh, Theresa May has made it very clear that she herself is unhappy with the use of NDAs and will and intends to do something about it. As yet, we have nothing. Um, A couple of key reports have been uh, the House of Commons Women and Equalities Committee issued a report um, setting out a, a number of recommendations and also the EHRC, the Equality and Human Rights Commission, Uh, have written a report with a number of recommendations. They are split into a number of things um, for employers and are worth a read for anyone who is interested. A couple of the things that have been suggested are this mandatory duty for employers to show that they have complied with those reasonable steps that we talked about earlier. Not really sure how they would 
legislate for what is and is not reasonable, but um, that is something that's being looked into. Perhaps a statutory code of practice, which employers and um, employment lawyers are very familiar with. So a code of practice around how things should be dealt with in the workplace. We already have a number of codes of practice on other things. So it's something that employers are used to dealing with on things like uh, disciplinary and grievance. So there's talk about maybe bringing in one specifically for dealing uh, with sexual harassment. Um, then again, as I mentioned, uh, there is a very close look being taken at the non-disclosure agreements and how they are dealt with, whether or not they should be outlawed completely, which I personally feel is a step too far because they have a place in employment law. They are used commonly for the protection of both parties, um, but there may be some other less stringent steps that can be taken for the protection of people who have been sexually harassed. One of the suggestions is to ensure that um, there is appropriate legal advice taken and given around signing a non-disclosure agreement, that that legal advice is paid for by the employer and also a minimum period of time so that the victim is not being rushed into any decision around that. Um, so we will definitely await those developments with interest. Um, there are a number of things that also have been suggested around the employment tribunals dealing with sexual harassment, including giving them the powers to uplift awards where codes of practice haven't been complied with or this mandatory duty hasn't been complied with. So we could see bigger awards, but also something which the tribunal don't have at the minute, and that would be the power to make recommendations for changes within a particular workplace to ensure that it doesn't happen again. So uh, a raft of measures are being considered. Um, we don't have any time limit on that, but I definitely think it's a case of watch this space. Thanks very much. Kira. Um, one final question to you. How can you help employers deal with the issues around sexual harassment? Well, it's like any good practice in the employment place. The employer should really review what policies and procedures they have in place. No workplace is immune to sexual harassment. Um, employers wouldn't always be aware that it is happening. They need to take some steps to ensure um, that they have the policies and pre procedures in place, um, that they look at any relevant training, and also that if they have an incident that it is dealt with thoroughly and properly for the protection of all parties, the victim, uh, the uh, person who is alleged to have done the harassing and the employment place and anyone else who could potentially be impacted by that. Um, they would be as well to seek immediate and early legal advice on conducting uh, any investigations. They're very sensitive and should be dealt with properly and if it is dealt with at an early stage then that could avoid claims but also in the event that there is a claim then they will have taken legal advice and the opportunity to make sure that they reduce their exposure. Also around the NDA idea, employers should definitely not be trying to get their employees to sign up to NDAs without proper legal advice. Um, they're tricky documents and definitely need to be drafted tightly. Thank you, Kira. That's been really helpful. We really appreciate your time. 
For more information, please go to our website, www.milselig.com, where you'll be able to find more.